Welcome back to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm here with Daily Thunder beat writer, Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, man. Mixed emotions about tonight's game, but but mostly good things. Absolutely. And first off, Happy New Year to Thunder fans. We had an interesting game tonight. The Thunder's first win against the Hornets felt like the Hornets kind of out-tanked Oklahoma City. Not by their own choosing, but it just felt like they made one too many mistakes. Tonight felt like the Thunder went out and took that game. Orlando is a solid team. They're going to be a team that's, you know, I think they could even push up ahead of that 7-10 to 10 range, that play-in range. Um, but Oklahoma City just had a great offensive flow, great ball movement, and uh, it, it translated to a lot of open looks, and guys were knocking down shots tonight. And let's start with Darius Baisley. Yeah, Baisley was great. He led the team in both points and rebounds. That's a big deal. He had 19 points, yeah. 12 rebounds, and he looked good doing it. It wasn't just that he had the numbers. It was he scored efficiently. He hit a couple threes, which was big because, you know, he showed the ability to shoot last year, especially in the bubble. He was shooting at a crazy good rate, mm-hmm. but started off slow so far this season. Tonight, he shot well. He attacked the basket. He finished well. He played strong defense. He grabbed boards. He needed this kind of game. He had a double-double, 15 and 10, to open this season. But the last three games has been a bit of a struggle for Darius. And I think we all expected a leap this season. And it started off so well. So it was nice to see him have his best game pretty much in every facet against a good team on the road. And I think we'll see more of this this season. It'll be up and down. He's a young player still, but I think we'll see more performances like this throughout the season from Darius. And he got a lot of the same looks tonight that he's been getting. Uh, just knocked him down tonight. And the cutting, uh, the the baseline was wide open most of the night for Diallo, for George Hill, and for Baisley. And we got to talk about Shea because this is, I think everything that Baisley is doing is so tied to how good Shea has become at setting the table. You saw a lot of those, a lot of blitzes tonight for Shea, and he just seems so poised getting the ball to Horford. As we've talked about, what a great piece Horford would have been in years past. But when he gets the ball at the top of the key and he gets to play downhill now four on three, he's special. And Baisley, feasted off of those of those opportunities so love what we're seeing from Shea from a from a distributing standpoint and I I mentioned it during the game I just didn't see this level of poise and shot creation from Shea this early on this season we knew he was going to get the ball and he was going to be the lead ball handler but I just didn't see this level of of maturity as a true point guard from Shea Here's the deal with Shea. A lot of people are just going to look at his shooting numbers and be like, oh, he's struggling. He had a bad game. No, if you look at his game, if you watch the game, he only had one turnover. And just Mm -hmm. like every other defense, he's getting so much attention from opponents because they see him as the biggest threat. To have seven assists to one turnover, that's an incredible ratio. And he should have had double-digit assists. I feel bad for him because he hasn't hit double-digit assists yet this season. But he should have had it multiple times because he is passing so well. His vision, his playmaking, driving and kicking. And guys just haven't been hitting a lot of shots on good looks that he's created. But if you look at his game, besides his shooting numbers, 
he's been great. He's been controlling the pace. He's been finding guys. He's been taking smart shots. They're not all falling, but they've been good shots. I think Shea's been great this year, honestly. I really do. Yeah, he's ter- he's turned it up in his in his footwork and he's getting by getting by his man. His handle looks great. Another person whose handle looks so improved is is Lou Dort. He's truly attacking these closeouts so much more than he did last year. It just seemed very out of control. Uh, we remember a lot of those a lot of those pump fakes, and he would drive, and then it would kind of get it would kind of be a sweepstakes from there on. He looked so nice tonight uh, with the handle, uh, getting by guys, getting in the lane, and then he's starting to reach that level of the of the paint, and then start to read his options. And he, whereas he kind of had tunnel vision, and he he still has shown that a little bit this year, but he's he's really improving, and you can tell he's making a an effort to to read and react to what he sees once he gets past his man initially. And it's, uh, it's opening up a lot for, for him at the rim. And also it's opening a lot of open shots up for corner threes. Dort has exceeded expectations for me, honestly, this season. You know, I know there's a lot of hype from him last year and he played so well in the bubble. And of course he's already known as the James Harden stopper, but you know, a lot of that was like fan memes and kind of overhyping because that's what fans do with young players, especially a fun player named Lou Dort and that did the things that he did last year. But as far as a realistic expectation, coming into the season I thought he would continue being a good defender but I thought that he would maybe disappoint as far as his offensive numbers go based on how good he looked in the bubble offensively and I thought that maybe some fans would be disappointed to see that you know okay maybe this guy really is just a defensive specialist yeah he can handle some he'll hit some shots he'll get to the rim sometimes but I expected to come down and so far through five games small sample size but he's shooting the ball really well from three-point range. He really has become a better finisher. He's finishing some difficult shots that I thought were fluky at first. He, he does this, like, reverse twisty layup. Yeah. He's done it several times this season. And at first I thought it was a fluke, and now I'm like, I think he just – that's one of his shots. He can he can yeah. that shot. So Lou has exceeded expectations for me so far. I'm, totally. Instead of being like, this guy can become a great defensive specialist, maybe this guy's ceiling is a little bit more than what we thought initially. Another player that we've got to talk about is, is Teo Maladon. I would say he has exceeded expectations up to this point, but tonight was by far his best game in a Thunder uniform. He was great tonight. He had that preseason game, his first ever preseason game. He scored 20 points and like five assists, and he just looked so good. And so fans, obviously, we got hyped over him. And, you know, he hasn't done nearly as much since. He's flashed here and there, both in the preseason and regular season. But tonight, he was so good. He led Mm -hmm. that bench to where the bench – all of them were a positive plus minus, and that is not going to be the norm for the Thunder this season, nor has it been so far. But he scored 12 points. He had four assists, three rebounds, a steal, only one turnover, and five of seven shooting. He just played so well. And, and I don't even think those numbers explain how good he looked on the yeah. court. Dagnalt rewarded him by extending his minutes. He just does not look like a 19-year-old rookie. I know he's played professional ball before, and Tony Parker Mm -hmm. is his mentor. And it shows his control of that bench unit is not that of a 19-year-old rookie. Yeah, he's very seasoned. And he made a play late in the game. Diallo was still in it. It actually resulted in Diallo's first, first three of the season. Driving left, and he was on the left side of the paint 
whips a left-handed pass to the corner to the opposite corner it was just right on the money and like the defense has no chance at getting out to Diallo at that point Um, so it's either he makes it or he misses it but for a 19 year old to be making that pass we're seeing it all over the league guys are just coming into the league with so many more tools in the bag than they have in the past and Teo's one of those guys he's he just looks like he's been playing a lot longer than he has Uh, so Good on him. One thing about that second unit, they struggle to rebound the ball, when, especially with Poku and Muscala as the front line there. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they are a struggling uh, defensive rebounding unit. What do you think needs to change? Is there someone else they can send to the glass? What are you seeing in the second unit that they can do to clean up the glass? I mean, they're just undersized. I don't think there's a solution, really. And obviously, you can team rebound, try to swarm more to the boards and just effort. But I mean, the effort is already there. The guys are playing as hard as they can. Honestly, I was surprised to see Roby out tonight and Mm -hmm. Kenrich Williams back in. I don't know if that would make much of a difference. Honestly, Williams may be a better rebounder only because of his hustle and energy and effort. That's kind of his thing. And he's got some good beef to him. Mascala, he's a great bench player and a great yeah. shooter, floor spacer. And he's got some length, but rebounding is not his thing. He's, he's not a big guy and he's the five. Then the four is either Kenrich Williams or Isaiah Roby. Again, not a lot of size there. Poku, as lengthy as he is, he's probably the bench's best rebounder, quite honestly. But he's yeah. as thick as a, as a spaghetti noodle. So <laughs> uh, Maladone and, and Diallo, Diallo's a good rebounder for his position, but they're, they're just undersized. I don't really think, I think it's a roster thing and not an effort or strategy thing. Yeah, and Presti may hear those words and say, that's exactly right, Brandon. Yeah. Um, I think they are positioned exactly how they were meant to. Um, and let's get to a couple questions that kind of relate to that. This is from at Sulphur Sooner, Boomer Sooner, by the way, big win the other night. How do we counter the culture to properly tank without basically selling out the Thunder method? This is a big question on culture, the the tension that they're going to live between of we want to stack losses, but to what cost? That's a great question. Yeah. And that's the question throughout this entire season, because the Thunder are chock full of young players. They want to develop and they want to develop a winning culture and winning attitudes. So how do you do that when you're purposely trying to lose so you can add more talent to that young core? I think they do what they've been doing. Honestly, I think that they give the young guys a lot of minutes and these young Mm -hmm. guys are talented. But at the same time, they're still young guys, so it's going to be inconsistent. It's going to be up and down. They're going to win some games that maybe Sam Preston was like, ah, didn't think we are going to win that one. That's kind of a bummer. I mean, I'm glad because, hey, winning culture and the young guys look good, so it's a good thing. But at the same time, I really want Cade Cunningham. So, uh, (laughs) you know, the only thing really that I would say that they can do is trade away guys like George Hill and maybe Al Horford if they can this season. Mm-hmm. And maybe give the bench even more minutes. I mean, obviously that would have backfired tonight because the bench was so good. But most nights, Poku, Maladone, Isaiah Roby, if you give those guys more minutes, you know. Point guard Diallo is always a, yes. is always a good yeah. wink. <laughs> right. But you can't ever a losing culture seep into your guys like Shea, Dort, Baisley, Maladone, and Poku. So you never want to intentionally lose, and the Thunder are not going to do that. When the players are out there, they're going to play to win, but you can control the roster, and you can control the rotations, and that's really as much as the Thunder can do. 
Yeah, and and we'll reiterate it all year. The, these coaches and players, the they are playing and coaching to win games. That there's no doubt about that. The tanking is going to come from from upstairs, from guys that are that are not on that bench that don't put on a uniform. Another question here: Do you think we'll have one of the three worst records by the end of the season? And which teams could, in air quotes, challenge us for the top pick? That's from Nicholas one three zero seven. Another good question. I think that we'll be right around the third worst record in the NBA. I do think that the Thunder are the only team right now actively trying to lose. The Wizards have a worse record than us. That's not going to say they're going to start winning games. Raptors have been bad. That's going to change. The Nuggets, obviously, that's going to change. They're one and four. You've got some surprise teams like the Knicks, who are three and three, who are going to be better than we thought. The Cleveland Cavaliers, thankfully, look better than we thought. Totally. Even the Hornets, the Magic, the Spurs. There's a lot of teams that the Thunder thought would be bad that are playing pretty well right now, which is helpful for the Thunder. I think the teams you got to worry about are the Pistons for sure. I think that the Chicago Bulls maybe still be there. But ultimately, I think that the Thunder end up with a second or third worst record. They'll end up trading George Hill at some point. That'll help the tank. The Thunder ended with the top three worst record. Not based on so far the season. The effort and, and play has been pretty good, really. I think it's just more of a fact that at some point they trade Hill and they cut down on Horford's minutes if he's helping win too many games. You could see trades. You could see guys taking nights off, resting guys. So we'll see how it goes. But I agree with you with those teams. I would also throw Golden State in there. I think yeah. they are a sneaky uh team to watch to try and, and get to the bottom if we're in that top three let's say we're not one is there a prospect that you've watched that you like more than the others not named Cade Cunningham yeah if it's not Cade Cunningham I like Evan Mobley a lot and interesting here's, interesting here's why obviously right now you just take the best talent you take whoever you think is going to be a star, you be a blue chip player and, and transformative player for your franchise. Jalen Suggs fits that for me. I think he's going to be special. So I'd be happy with Suggs. But the reason I like Mobley is because he's a center. Theoretically, you could go Shea, Maladone, Dort, or guards. You got Baisley and Poku at the forward position. You don't have a center of the future so far. Mobley is that rare seven-footer who can block shots and play defense, but he can also shoot the ball. He can handle the ball. And he goes right along with what the Thunder are falling in love with. And that's every position, one through five, can handle, can pass, can shoot. And Mobley, to me, is that guy in the 2021 draft. I like it. I mean, everything everything you watch for him, it's, it's very impressive. I'm a Suggs guy. I love watching him play. He's He's shooting 48% from three right now yeah. on the best team in the country. And that Gonzaga team is stacked. Yeah, um, it is. Really enjoy watching them play. So it's going to be very exciting. It, right now, I know these losses are tough. And we even got a question that says there are still fans who don't like any wins. I think I might even fall into that sometimes. How do you talk to them is the question. Do you think Horford ends the season with the Thunder? We've talked about that. We, I would say if there's a chance that – if there's a deal that Presti even kind of likes, I think he's going to pull the trigger on Horford because he's just so much tougher of a guy to move with his deal right now. But what about those fans that are still interested in seeing this team win games? I would say enjoy the wins when they come, like tonight, because they are enjoyable, but they are going to be few and far between. But that's not a bad thing. 
enjoy the other things. Enjoy the development of Shea, mm-hmm. Dort, Baisley, Maladone. Those are the wins now. Poku, when he has a good night, because it's going to happen. Those are the wins now, <laughs> because it's all about the future. Think back to KD and Russ being on that 3-29 and team. Rough, right? But you forget about that. That's such a distant memory. And why? Because KD and Russ developed and the Thunder kept getting those high draft picks. They added James Harden to the mix. These losses will be a distant memory. When you add a a player like Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley to Shea and all these draft picks in the future and the Thunder are winning again, losing these games, it'll be a blip. Totally. It'll be a small price to pay. Yeah. So enjoy enjoy the development and the future because it's going to be exciting. Totally. Uh, Brandon, tell everybody who we've got coming up next on the schedule. Thunder playing the Heat on Monday night, and that'll be fun. I mean, that's last year's finals team. You get to see the player that every Thunder fan wanted to trade. And, well, they want to trade (laughs) the entire Thunder roster for last season, it seemed like, was Tyler Hero. I know at one point Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, every Thunder player that was on the blog, Thunder fans want to trade for Tyler Hero. So we'll see him, Jimmy Butler. That's going to be a fun game. I mean, this Thunder team is 2-0 on the road, so watch out, Miami. Exactly. They are, they're going to be a sneaky team because we're, we're going to catch teams that think they're going into their home arena for an almost off night, a night where they can kind of sleepwalk to a win. And this Thunder team is ready to take advantage of those nights. That's for sure. Brandon, you got anything else for us before we sign off? I know there are some more questions about the future and tanking and all that stuff. Here's the last thing I'd say on that. On the nights where the Thunder lose and you're frustrated, you're like, I don't understand. We've lost four in a row and people are excited about losing and getting these draft picks. That sucks. I don't want to lose. Go look at Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Mm -hmm. Jalen Suggs highlight reels. I think that'll help. I think that'll help ease the pain. Each of these guys would be the number one overall pick in last year's draft, the, the draft that we just had. They're that 100%. good. And adding any of those three or, or some other guys that are out there in the draft to this Thunder team is going to be really, really exciting. And that's why a lot of people are, are excited to tank because the Thunder are likely adding a superstar to this already exciting young Thunder core. And so the uh, future is bright. Those three prospects are, as we stand right now, kind of in a tier of their own. But I would even include, when you're talking about who would go num- who would have gone number one this year, there's not a lot of tape on him yet, but Jalen Green is something else. Yep, yep. Um, Jalen Green. He's going to be playing for the G League Ignite team, and they're going to have a shortened season, looks like, in starting in February. So we'll get to see more of him. Jonathan Kaminga. Yep. There's quite a few guys that are going to be very exciting and could be moving up as the season goes on. So there's nothing, nothing softens the blow of a loss right now like a highlight video from one of these guys that the Thunder are going to be in range to take and add to, to such an already exciting young core. Yeah, the five we've mentioned are kind of the five standouts that experts analysis think would all have gone number one overall. I mean, so you got mm-hmm. a probable number one pick if the Thunder about it. But again, enjoy nights like tonight. This was a good win right. against the Magic. Right. The wins are especially nice when it's the young core who carries it. You just saw guys who are all – 19 through 22 years old beat a good likely playoff team on the road that's impressive and that's exciting for the future we are going to celebrate the wins that's our goal for the year we are going to uh, enjoy the ones that we get because they will be few and far between we will talk again after monday night's game against miami brandon thank you very much absolutely have a good night ryan